0: Now, you should have your note card, take that home, study it out. Um, again, we, we, are, we are endeavoring to be even more clear. <laughs> like Ricardo said, clarity, clarity, clarity. How can you do what you don't know is expected of you? You know, there's a lot of places you can go and hear a great message that makes you feel good, but then in, when you walk out of there, you're like, uh, what was that? <laughs> I feel good, but, you know, I need some focus. I need to be refocused. And, you know, the Lord gave us this vision and mission, and he, he continues to clarify it, to, to, continues to, to make it more clear. Like the, version, the, the, the the verse that we had in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2, uh, write it and make it plain. You can only run with it if, if you know it right? And you don't have to run back to the stone tablet where it's written, but it should be written in your heart. And the more that we remember this mission, the vision, and today we're going to talk about the code, you see the the vision and the mission and the code. The Lord's given it to us in in this format for this time to, to study it and to remember it. And it's all about people. Every bit of it is about people. Now, we're going to go through the eight points of the code today, but each of the eight points is about people, and it's about uh, what we believe about what the Word says. See, vision sees outside, it sees ahead, it sees uh, in, in front of us. It's what we should be looking for. It's what we should be expecting. Our mission is kind of our daily to-do list. It's our long-term, you know, to be solid disciples and to build strong families. We're working on that every day. It's not, it's, it's not like we get finished with it. It is something that we are in prog- progress. Uh, we're in progress trying to bridge cultures. We're bridging every other culture with the kingdom culture. We're in the kingdom culture, the kingdom's in us, and we're bridging everyone's culture to the kingdom culture. We're, we're bringing in the lost. That is something that we do. Our, our mission propels us ahead, forward. Our vision allows us to see. Our mission propels us. We're not going to accomplish our mission until either either we go or Jesus comes, right? And our mission propels us. But then we have this code our code is how we operate. So if you look on the back of the card, the code is how we operate. We could call it our operating system. And this is a, uh, a computer I'm holding here. It comes in handy when you're doing illustrations, right? It's a device, electronic device, that has a code in it. It has an operating system. Is this true? And it can't do what it's designed to do without this operating system. In fact, it won't do anything without the operating system because it is at the very core of how this device operates. It's an operating system. That's what this code is to us. It's an operating system. And without that operating system, we don't function this operating system in this phone controls this device it controls what it does and how it does it it establishes the parameters it establishes the boundaries if you will it establishes the protocol right It's in the operating system this this device without the operating system is worthless could you would you agree with that and so this code ...is our operating system that we download from the Lord and we allow it to control us. We say yes to the software license agreement. (laughs) You know, that's the thing that comes up when you're doing an upgrade and it says, Do you agree to these terms and conditions? The software has terms and conditions. Our system, our operating system has terms and conditions that we agree to, that regulate us. And as a church, we agree to this lifeway code. This is the way that we act when we do ministry here at church. We are the church, right? And wherever we go, if we're doing a, a, a mission outside of these four walls, this is how we act. This is our code. This is what we agree to live by and act towards one another, right? It's called the LWC code or Lifeway Church code. And as members together, we agree, we click yes to this agreement, the terms and conditions. And if we're going to minister to people that are coming into Lifeway Church, this is how we're going to operate, And I understand that this is, you know, a tactical message today. This is nuts and bolts, but we have to go back and we have to refresh, we have to review, we have to refocus on what God's called us to do and how he expects us to do it. Right? We see people. Do you see people? Ephesians 4.15, the very first point of this code or first part of this code is truth. We choose to operate in truth. Ephesians 4.15 in the New uh, International Version said, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. So the very first point that we look at is, is the truth. And this statement came as the Lord gave us this this first point. We speak the truth in love at all times knowing that truth is the foundation of trust. The Lord wants us to trust one another so that he can build this foundation of truth in our church. And that foundation is which we minister from. We minister from the truth. The truth has set us free. Right? Right? And it's from that freedom, that truth. Truth is the cornerstone to all relationships, that trust. It establishes trust. And it's the very, very core of who God is. And since Jesus is the truth, then his body must walk in the truth with each other. Right? Truth is transparent and free from all fear. That's why over the past year and a half, really, we, we've, we've really looked at this word called accountability. Mm-hmm. To be accountable is to be transparent with each other and to go to the word and hold each other accountable to the word. When Elizabeth was growing up in our home, we, we said to her, this house is built on the foundation of God's word. If at any time you see that we're not doing the word, you have the right and the responsibility to bring it to us and show us where we're not doing the word. Now, as parents, that's that's a pretty big step to trust your child with the word of God, that they would come and they would say, you're not acting according to the word. Right. But if relationships are built on truth and on trust we have to we have to build it on the word of god right thank you for that one that's right this this can be a little bit inter- more interactive <laughs> the truth it sets us free and if we're going to be free as a church we have to build on the truth if our relationships are going to be built on truth and transparent and 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 productive we have to be accountable to each other to hold each other accountable to do the word so if you see that we're getting outside of the word please hold me accountable in love have you ever had a pastor tell you that if you see me getting outside of the word of god please hold me accountable in love and love is a qualifier we are not authorized or deputized to take the word and beat each other over the head with it. But if I give you the, the right and the responsibility to hold me accountable to the word, you need to take that. And if you don't do what I'm asking you to do to hold me accountable, then if you, if you don't hold me accountable, you're not doing before God what you're supposed to do. That's why accountability is huge. That's why the life groups are huge. Because we get into a situation where we're we're opening our heart to each other and allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and transparent and accountable to one another. And as a team to minister to this community, we have to build that truth. We have to build that accountability. We have to build that trust in this team of Lifeway Church. And if, if, if someone's confronting me, you need to come to me and say, you know, pastor, because I love you, because I love you, I'm confronting you with the truth. Here's the truth. Right? I'll re- I, listen, I will receive it. Here's the question. Here's the question. Will you receive it? Not, not just my opinion. Not, not your opinion, but the, what the word says. And if we are accountable to the truth, we'll be, we'll be agreeable to live by it, right? That's the first point. Point two, the, first, the, the second step is faith. Mark 9:3. Mark 9:23 says, "All things are possible to them that believe." and I like that. All things are possible. That means everything that the Lord has told us to do is possible because we believe, because we, we stand in faith, because we trust God. And that's what it means to be in faith. Here's, here's the statement that goes along with, with point number two of the Lifeway Code. We address each challenge and situation we face with faith in God, knowing that he is our source and our supply. Amen. You're not my source. Amen. You're not my supply. God is my source and God is my supply. I will never rely on you to be my source and my supply. And as members in the body, we shouldn't rely on each other to be our source. Pray, ask the Lord to help you to meet that need. But we don't make each other our source and our supply. God is greater. And he wants us to grow in our trust of him. And we, we, we believe that through faith, we overcome barriers. Through faith, we move obstacles. We speak to the mountain, and it moves, right? And God has faith in us. So that's why this, this part of the code is so important, because our faith, and, faith brings resources. Faith believes. Faith calls in what's needed to get the job done. That's why we need to live by faith, speak by faith. And if I'm not speaking by faith, please, going back to accountability, please correct me. I make myself correctable if I'm not speaking by faith. We, we, we need to be a church of faith. Believing that God is great. God is able. And God's called us to do big things. And we have to... God has brought us this far. It was by faith that God brought us this far. And by walking by faith, that's the only way we move into all that God wants us to do as a church. And it's big. I can tell you it's big. And I'm not talented enough or I don't have a big enough uh, amount of money in my bank account to fund everything that God has told us to do. That's why we need you. (laughs) That's why God sent you. Because we have faith. And Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed and you would use it, it would work. I mean, that's bottom line, right? I could go off and preach for two hours on faith. But it's, it's the, the second step of our code. We have a code of faith. We have a code of truth. And the third, the third point of our code is, is love. Love. Ephesians 4, 2 and 3, chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Love is right in the middle of that. You know, one of the things you hear predominantly when people attach themselves to to Lifeway Church or when they... They sense that God is leading them here. It's the love of God. Well, we sense the love of God here. The genuine, authentic love of God. And that's the way that it should be. Because Jesus said, how, how is the world going to know that you're my disciples unless you have love for one another? So we, we uh, embrace love because God is love. We, we allow the love of God to flow th- from us and through us. And here's the point number three. We walk in the love of God at all times, considering each other before ourselves. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13 says, faith, hope, and love. Abide. But the greatest of these is what? Love. Love. People say faith, faith, faith. Ooh, we're, we're faith, faith, faith. But listen, your faith won't work without love. So more than faith... I want to make your own love. How about you? God can surely manifest His power. People want to see the power of God. People want to see the power of God. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Miracles, signs, and wonders. People being healed from cancer, but where there's a church full of strife and envy and backbiting and gossiping and ah, uh, eh, short circuit. Eh. There must be the law. We have to be a sower of grace and mercy. We have to be a sower of grace and mercy. You must sow grace and mercy. Because you're going to need it sometime in the near future. Galatians 5 says, what you... So we need to be sowing grace and mercy. And when we serve together, we need to see, see each other through the blood of Jesus and not see each other's faults and not add up each other's faults. Love does not gossip. Love does not criticize. When love hears something, they go to the source. I love you enough to come to you and ask you if this is true. Someone said this and if you want to know who it is, I will tell you and we'll both go to this person This is what i'm, I'm just being real guys. This is what short circuits a lot of churches You've been there and i've been a part of that, too I, I I don't want The lord to say to me as a pastor you allowed strife to rule your church That's why we made your own love And listen, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. There's no perfect church. There's no perfect pastor. There's no perfect husband. How many of you are wanting to become a better husband in 2018 than you were in 2017? A better wife. A better friend. A better worker. A better worker. We want to be better. So we have to focus on love. We have to focus on truth, faith, love. And the next one, respect. Number four, respect. Romans twelve ten. this is the God's Word translation. It says, be devoted to each other like a loving family. Excel in showing respect yes. for each other. And here's the, the, the phrase that the Lord gave me for this fourth point, respect. We honor all those that we serve by giving them the same respect as we would Jesus. God. <laughs> That's huge, isn't it? That's huge. How many of you in the past 10 years, 15 years have been through, at your job, your vocation, you've been through what's called diversity training and inclusion? Inclusion and diversity training. Now, people can snicker at that, laugh at that, and say, you know, I, I, I was mandated to go to that, and I told them I'm not going to that. But here's, here's the real heart of that. The world wants to know that they have value. People want to know that they're valued. People are different, guys, in case you haven't noticed. Jesus didn't have to go to diversity training and inclusion training. Why? Because he embraced people. He didn't care what they looked like, where they came from. He didn't even care what they believed. But we have a whole lot of folks in the church that are like, everything in this box I accept. Everything out of that box I have a problem with. That's, that's why the fourth point needs to be respect. We need to respect each other. The world is crying out for respect. You know, respect is just an outgrowth of love. If you love me, respect me. If you love me, listen to me. Listen, here, here's a little hint. You already know what you know. And you're not going to grow in your learning ability by telling everybody what you know. When you close this and open these, you start learning what other people know. Respect. Respect. Learn how to respect by listening. And then, and then just love people and tell them how valuable they are. When people come into LiveWay Church, they want to know how valuable they are. Don't you want to know how valuable you are? And as a team, as a ministry team, when we minister, we value each other. We respect one another. We tell each other, man, you're valuable. I've got your back. I refuse to allow the devil to bring you down. I respect you enough to guard your back. Point number five, attitude. I got some attitude. (laughs) No, I'm talking about positive attitude. Look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Philippians 4, eight, you know, people use that term, attitude, in, in a negative way. But listen, God wants us to have a good attitude. Philippians 4.8, the New Living Translation says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And here's the phrase, Our thoughts with our spirit in order to have a positive attitude at all times. You know, the older I get, the more I love to be around people that have a can-do attitude. Don't be a Debbie Downer. And I apologize if your name is Debbie. (laughs) Or a David Downer or a... A dug down or, you know, the, but the world, <laughs> the world has attached these names to certain, you know, because it has a, a D or D. Listen, anybody can, anybody can sit back and go, there's the problem. It takes people with a good attitude, a can do attitude, a God given attitude to say, Hey, there, there may be a problem, but there's at least half a dozen solutions. I love to be around people that say, yes, we can do this. Yes, God's got this. Yes, yes. Solid disciples learn how to control their minds so that they think the best about each other. I'm thinking the best about every one of you guys. I've got your back. I believe in you. God sent you here to prosper, to bear fruit, eternal fruit. You're part of the team. God brought you here and, and equipped you, gave you gifts and talents and abilities that I don't have. I don't want everybody in this congregation to be like me. I, I want people to be better. And in and, and certain areas, have more talent. That's how we become great for God, Amen. is to recognize that we're not alike. And we have a positive attitude. <laughs> Listen, We can't go forward if our mind and our mouth is always in the past. Our attitude determines our altitude. And we can't go up until we're looking up. Being positive is contagious. Number six, excellence. Excellence. 1 Corinthians 10.31 from the Amplified Bible says, Whatever you may do, do it all for the honor and glory of God. God. Amen. We're reflecting His excellency. We need to get, we need to get rid of the, of the term good enough. Amen. Well, that's just good enough. No, how, how good does it have to be to be God good? Good enough... Is, is, is the same thing as settling for second best. That's good enough. But listen, we need to aim high and go the extra mile to do the task right the first time. Amen. My dad taught me. He wasn't walking with the Lord when he taught me this, but he said, son, if you're going to do something, do it right. Even if it takes you a little bit longer, do it right. Right because the time it takes to redo something if you do it right the first time you've saved that time of going back right if you don't understand something ask questions that's a good piece of advice if you don't understand something just ask questions listen we don't expect you to know it all if you have a heart to serve God can teach us he can get us the right answer He can get us the right answer, but if we don't ask the right question, if we just continue to do what we've done always because we've done it this way, and we never improve, we never grow, we never strive towards excellency, then we're just going to settle for second best. I believe an excellent spirit is focused on quality. And a lot of times we get focused on quantity, and we do a halfway job, but in order to improve, we have to stretch ourselves. We have to learn what, what we're doing to do better. We have to learn the better way to do what we're doing, right? On your job, you're, you're, you're expected to stretch yourself. You're expected to grow. And I hear a lot of people talking about their, their jobs. They're in a place where they just want to just coast along. And get that paycheck. Just coast along. I don't want to be pushed. I don't want to be stretched. Just let me li- live and let live. Just I'm doing a good job. I'm maintaining. Maintaining is not striving for excellency. Amen. If you're never stretching yourself, you're never improving. I believe God wants us to improve. Got real quiet. <laughs> Number seven, I'll move on. Teamwork, Ephesians 4.16. The New Living Translation says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. I like that. He's making it fit together. We try, we try to fit it, fit it together and we do an okay job, but he makes it fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. See, we're called to work God put Adam on this earth and he said, work boy. He did. And Adam worked. Each part doing its own special work, it helps the other parts to grow. If you're not doing your part to work, then you're not helping us all to grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Here's the phrase that goes along with that. We encourage one another and seek to promote the team above self the more i'm concerned about you and and concerned about you getting across the finish line the more i'm promoting team and the less i'm concerned about what i need what i can do what i should have my eyes get off of myself and they're on you we need to we need to promote teamwork we need to appreciate each other create a a culture and environment of appreciation telling people man you did an excellent job i'm so glad that you were here i'm so glad that you plugged in you team leaders encourage your people that, that that work beside you i mean listen the more encouragement i mean enough can't be said there can't be enough said about encouragement and the power of encouragement when you win we win and everyone accomplishes the mission the mission. It's all about the mission. It's all about people. It's all about seeing people. As we heard from these new members that are coming in. Listen, guys, the CULA's been waiting for Lifeway Church. A place of truth, faith, and love and respect. A place, you know, that that shines with positive attitude and excellence. A place that's working together as a team to take care of people. A place that this last point, sacrifices, sacrifices, Colossians 3.23 from the New Living Translation, it says, work hard and cheerfully, yes. again, they use, use the word work, W-O-R-K is not a bad word, it's a, it's a good word, work hard and cheerfully at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. That's an excellent scripture. Here's the phrase that goes along with it. We will do whatever it takes to fulfill the vision that God has given us. How many of you can say amen to that? Amen. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Listen, I'm not going to back up. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to quit until I hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You can count on me, Pastor Sheila and I, listen. Sometimes she comes behind me. Sometimes she cheers me on. Other times I'm coming behind her, cheering her on. But we've learned in over 30 years of marriage and and living a life of faith and victory that that sacrifice is necessary to doing the will of God. We're dealing with a generation that has no concept of sacrifice. What? Are you kidding? Me? Sacrifice? (laughs) Huh. When it's acceptable to live with your parents as long as you can, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm stepping up on some soapbox here, but society says, oh, it's okay, it's all right, you don't have to, you, you know, we'll just bring the common denominator down to the lowest level and everybody gets a trophy for participation. A participation trophy just because you show up you get a blue ribbon where's the sacrifice if Jesus gave his all for us why are we not willing to give our all for him I can work hard and sacrifice because I know that what I'm doing I'm working for God I know that what I'm doing has a purpose before the Lord Rather than people. Jesus is my reward. He is my reward. Listen, Jesus didn't go halfway for us. It's not time to quit. It's not time to quit. There are people that are all around us that need to see the love of God tangibly. Not just, oh, I'm praying for you. What can I do for you? Do you guys have enough to eat? And without even maybe asking some people that you know are dealing with with financial hard times, just packing up a couple of grocery bags full of stuff. I know my, I I know our cupboard. Whatever, what do you call it? The closet, the cupboard of pantry, pantry, pantry. the place where you have all the food. We've got more than enough stuff. I've walked in there for a year and saw stuff that's still sitting in there for a year. And I'm like, I'm not eating that. It's time to clean out. (laughs) It's time to pack it in a bag and give it to somebody that will eat it, right? Think about how blessed America is, guys. We build Storage facilities to store things that we can't store in our houses. There's still in storage. There's value in these things that are in storage because we're paying every month to keep them in storage. <laughs> when, how many of you can, in 2018, set a goal to clear out your storage, sell it, give it away? <laughs> One less thing to think about, right? Travel light. And sacrifice. What a concept. (laughs) Jesus traveled light. And he sacrificed. I don't think Jesus left a storage unit full of stuff. He used everything that the Father gave him on a daily basis. Right? Manna comes once a day. Eat that manna. Move on to day number two. Eat that manna. Move on to day number three. Learn to live light. And learn to sacrifice. Give yourself. You know, greater love hath no man than this, Jesus said. That you would lay down your life. Have we practiced that this week? How, how are we doing on the code? Are we here because we're obligated? Are we here because we're giving our time, our talent, our treasure, our ability to the body of Christ to accomplish this vision, accomplish this mission so that we can all hear, well done, thou good and faithful servants. I know I say this kind of in jest sometimes, but I'm asking the Lord because he honored Pastor Sheila and I to pastor you guys on earth. But I'm asking the Lord, to keep you guys in my neighborhood when I get to heaven. <laughs> because I love doing life with you. I hope Corey's next door to me. <laughs> he would uh, get up in the morning. Good morning, Pastor Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about people, guys. What's in the very center of, of what we see? It's people. It's not about you and I. It's about people. It's about the people that haven't come through these doors yet. It's about the people that we meet in, in Kroger and at the cleaners and at the UPS store. That they're having a bad day. And, and probably the bright, the bright part of their day is, you know, somebody coming along inside saying, you know, I, I've had a day like that before. It'll get better. It'll get better. You know, I, I love you. God loves you. Or maybe recognizing that somebody's having a bad day and then stopping at the store and picking them up a, a meal from Chick-fil-A and just going back and saying, you know what? I don't know if anybody's ever done this to you or not, but here, I just wanted to bless you today. A cup of coffee, you know, just a thought of somebody getting out of their world and touching somebody that's... Needing healing or has been hurt. That's what God has called us to do as a church. We're not here for ourselves. Listen, our place is already secure in heaven. We're here for other people. We're here for the lost. We're here for the confused. We're here for those that, that are demanding this diversity training and inclusion and respect let's pray father